Uh, all right, I think that's about it for today on the announcements. So you can turn in your Bibles to John chapter uh, 10. And uh, we're going to be looking at verses 22 through 30 here in just a few minutes. You can hold your place there uh, and be ready when we get uh, to it. Uh, one of the things that I think uh, many of us, probably most of us, maybe all of us, value very highly uh, is security. Our desire for security touches on every aspect of our, our lives. Uh, anytime that my wife and I, Michelle and I, have made a house change, security was right at the top uh, of our list of concerns. Was this a secure, a safe uh, area? And before we had children, we lived in some places that we felt fine about, uh, but others were concerned about. And uh, we would have family members say, uh, hey, I'm, I'm lost on the way to your house, and uh, boy, this looks really scary. Uh, like, am I close? And we're like, oh, relax, people, it's fine. But once we had kids, our concern for safety and security increased, and those places where we felt fine living before, suddenly we didn't feel uh, quite as great about. And most of you have uh, shared this concern. It might be why some of us live in Pataskala, uh, because I think by any objective measure, Pataskala is about as safe as a community can be. Every once in a while you'll see something happen in Pataskala, but my goodness, it's pretty doggone safe here. And we like it that way, right? All right. Uh, security is a major factor in the jobs we choose. Uh, you know, which job provides the best income is a, a big question that we have, but it's not always the most important question. Sometimes the most important question we ask is, which job is the most stable? Uh, which job will the income be the most reliable. And so many people, perhaps a lot of us here today, have sacrificed higher incomes for a job that is more stable, more secure. Uh, some of us avoid sales jobs for that very reason. Uh, even though the sales job has incredible income potential, we prefer the stability of a dependable uh, every week Paycheck, and so we'll accept a lower ceiling on our uh, on our income uh, for the trade-off of security, uh, the the security that consistency uh, provides us. Uh, concerns for safety and security drive all kind of decisions that we make. They drive the decisions we make about car, or uh, the decision we make about what kind of cars we'll drive, uh, where we'll take vacation. Increasingly, it drives the decisions we make about what sports our children are going to play. Uh, football's days may, may be limited because increasingly, we're told, parents don't want their kids to play uh, football. Uh, it drives decisions like whether we will replace our own roof on our house or have someone else do it, or what I, I recommend the, the latter. It, it drives decisions like whether we will go down and tinker with the electrical box on our own or not, and I recommend not. Um, so, so concern for safety and security drives a lot of things that we do. Uh, in recent years, a concern for security has fueled a lot of interest in emergency preparedness. As more people than I can ever remember at any point in my lifetime uh, sense that we are living in unsteady times and they choose to prepare for what they think are inevitable, uh, lean times, troubled times, uh, that they believe are coming. And security is extremely important in relationships. 
in relationships. If you feel secure in a relationship, it's a good environment to thrive in. But if you feel insecure in a relationship, all kinds of negative things uh, result from that. And it's a very difficult environment to thrive, to flourish, to grow. I know this may be hard for people to believe today, but before I met Michelle, I was not the most successful person in the world in terms of my interactions and relationships with members of the opposite gender. I thought that would be much funnier than, than it evidently was. Uh, I never felt very comfortable in any of those relationships. I was never where, uh, sure where I stood uh, until the inevitable breakup when my suspicions would then be verified. And I was just very insecure in those kind of relationships. And one of the things that first caused me to consider a long-term relationship with Michelle uh, is that as opposed to every other female I had ever been interested in, I felt secure uh, with Michelle. Now, I can't explain exactly why. It wasn't that our relationship was ever an easy one. We've been very honest about that here. But in spite of the many disagreements and difficulties we had from uh, very early on in our relationship, there was a comfort and a security in our relationship that I had never uh, experienced before. Now, that didn't always stay the case. Michelle and I, again, have been open about the challenges we've faced. But it was something that initially got my attention uh, about the person who would eventually become my wife. I was more confident in our relationship than what I had ever experienced uh, before. Security in relationships is so important, and I think all of you know this. Uh, I would say all of us have had spousal relationships or friendship relationships or family relationships that we felt very secure in, and we've also had those that we have felt very insecure in. And when you're in a secure relationship, you know that it's just it's like a sweet spot. It's like a lot of good things result from that. We thrive in that. And of course, this is true for kids as well. They can thrive when they know that their relationships are secure. But when we are in insecure relationships, it sets us up for all kinds of bad stuff. Fear, doubt, confusion, depression, anger, and the list could go on and on. And it is virtually impossible to thrive in a relationship in which you feel insecure. I submit to you today that this is true of our relationship with God as well. Many Christians are painfully insecure in their relationship with God. Perhaps it's the result of bad teaching that they received early on in their walk with God. Uh, perhaps it results from a failure to understand God's grace, and so some sin in their life has caused them to feel insecure in their relationships, some past sin. Perhaps it's a result of failure to spend time with God uh, in his word, in prayer. And so you've left yourself with a false view of God that negatively impacts your relationship. Perhaps it's all of that that I just mentioned. Perhaps it's something else. But insecurity in our relationship with God is a really damaging thing. It sets us up for discouragement. It sets us up for disillusionment. It sets us up for depression, fear, anger, resentment. And one of the things I think I've noticed about insecurity in our relationship with God is that rather than promoting faithfulness, like you'd think you'd 
maybe if you're unsure where you stand with God, it would promote like better effort. But I think it's exactly the opposite. I think when we're insecure in our relationship with God, we're often tempted to give up. And rather than leading to increased faithfulness, it often encourages unfaithfulness to God. When you're not secure in your relationship with God, all kinds of things are affected, including uh, evangelism is negatively impacted. I mean, who wants to introduce somebody to a relationship that makes you feel insecure? Who, who, who feels good about doing that? Who feels good about saying, I want to tell others about a relationship that they can have, like me, where I feel horrible? Nobody wants to do that. And so if you've ever felt insecure in your relationship with God, or you do now, uh, you probably don't need me to tell you how damaging this can be. You know how uh, damaging it can be. And so today, what I want to do, as we continue looking at the words of Jesus in the Gospel of John, in the series that we've called Jesus Speaks, I want us to see some words that Jesus spoke that provide great encouragement for us. These are words Jesus spoke that offer assurances to us. We're going to find words spoken by Jesus that assure us that we are secure in our relationship with him. So we're in the 10th chapter of John. We're going to look at verses 22 through 30. I've called today's message, Jesus Speaks Assurance. So if you have your Bible, follow along as I read, and I think the verses will also be on the screen behind me. Here's what John 10, 22 through 30 says. Then came the feast of dedication at Jerusalem. It was winter, and Jesus was in the temple area walking in Solomon's colonnade. The Jews gathered around him saying, how long will you keep us in suspense? If you are the Christ, tell us plainly. Jesus answered, I did tell you, but you do not believe. The miracles I do in my Father's name speak for me, but you do not believe because you are not my sheep. My sheep listen to my voice, I know them, and they follow me. I give them eternal life, and they shall never perish. No one can snatch them out of my hand. My Father who has given them to me is greater than all. No one can snatch them out of my Father's hand. I and the Father are one. I want you to notice first that not everyone belongs to Jesus. The people respond to Jesus here at the temple by appealing to him to stop keeping them in suspense. They they appeal to him that if he's the Christ, they want him to just tell them plainly. You know, if you've been with us over the last few weeks, he had been telling them very plainly. And so Jesus responds, I did tell you but you do not believe. And he tells them why they don't believe. You do not believe because you are not my sheep. You realize how many times Jesus has told people in this gospel of John that they don't belong to him? I mean, he does this a lot. They are not his sheep. Jesus says it plainly. And so what he says in the next three verses does not apply to those who don't belong to him. Now let's be very clear. Jesus absolutely loves those who don't belong to him. He is willing to receive them and accept them as one of his own. But the assurances that we receive in the next few verses only apply to those who belong to him. 
If you're here this morning and you know that you don't belong to him, it does not have to stay that way. You can leave here today as one of his very own. You simply need to turn to him in faith. And, and verse 27 kind of breaks down for us how it is that we can go about uh, becoming one of his because in verse 27, Jesus shares the characteristics of those who belong to him. He explains who belongs and therefore who the assurances, who the promises of verses 28 through 30 apply to. First of all, He says that those who belong to him are those who listen to his voice. And I think there are two primary ways that we listen to Christ's voice. First, we listen, we hear Christ's voice when the gospel is shared to us and we respond by believing on him. Secondly, after receiving him by faith, we hear his voice day in and day out as he speaks to us, guides us, shares with us what he wants to do in our lives, and as we are obedient to that. We hear his voice in the Bible. We hear his voice in the Holy Spirit speaking to us and guiding us, and we are day in and day out obedient to his voice. We don't fully listen to his voice until we hear his voice in the gospel and also hear his voice in his word, through the Holy Spirit, and in the day-in, day-out relationship where he is asking obedience of us and we are giving obedience to him. He then says that those who belong to him are known by him. If you've responded to Christ's voice in the gospel, you've responded to Christ's commands by offering daily obedience, Jesus says you are known by him. You have a relationship with him. If you haven't responded in this way, he loves you, he cares for you, he came to save you, but you are not as of yet in a relationship with him. But for those who have heard his voice, who have responded, how exciting it is to be told by Jesus himself that you are known by him. This is an amazing reality that is true for all of us who have turned to him in faith. And then he says that those who belong to him Uh, follow him. Now, this is closely related with listening to him. We, We follow him by exercising saving faith in him. We follow him by walking in obedience uh, with him. We can't just be hearers of the word. We must be doers of the word. And so hearing and doing, listening and following are inextricably linked to one another. And so these are the characteristics, the markers of those who belong to Jesus. They listen to his voice, they are known by him, and they follow him. If this is true of you, and I know it to be true of many people in this room, if it is true of you, then Jesus has a message for you in these next few verses. Yes, he spoke these words in that time and place to specific people. But they are just as true for you and I today as they were for the people who heard him speak that day. If you belong to Jesus, he has some wonderful assurances for you in verses 28 through 30. And all of these assurances add up to this truth. Jesus wants you to know that you are secure in your relationship with him. Your status with him is not up in the air. 
Your status with him isn't based on whether you had a good day or a bad day. Your status isn't based on whether you had a good month in the relationship or a bad month in the relationship. You are secure in your relationship with Jesus, and so you can be confident in that relationship. Here are the assurances that Jesus offers. Here's the way he explains to us that we are secure in our relationship with him. First, for those who belong to him, he says, I give them eternal life. I give them eternal life. He doesn't say, someday I'll give them eternal life. He doesn't say, I'll give them eternal life as long as they have 12 consecutive quarters of positive spiritual growth. He doesn't say, I'll give them eternal life as long as they don't cuss, smoke, and chew, and don't go with girls who do, although all of those are good ideas. But Jesus doesn't hinge eternal life on it. He doesn't say he'll give you eternal life if you do enough good deeds to offset all the bad stuff that you've done in your life. He doesn't say that. No, if you have responded to his voice, if you have committed yourself to following him, he says, I give you eternal life. If you belong to him, you have as your possession eternal life. Your future is secure. You don't have to wonder, you don't have to worry, you don't have to fret, you don't have to work like a madman to try to accrue enough credits to just barely warrant getting into heaven. Eternal life has been given to you. Not only does that mean that your future is secured, not only does it mean that you have everlasting life, but William MacDonald notes that eternal life is more than just everlasting life, it is a quality of life that Jesus gives us now. It is the life of the Lord Jesus himself. And so what we're given when we, when we respond to him in faith is we are given both everlasting life and the life of the Lord Jesus himself right now. You are secure in your relationship with God You are secure in your relationship with Christ. He says that that he gives eternal life to those who belong to him and that they shall never perish. What a wonderful truth. What a wonderful assurance. You have been given eternal life and that eternal life cannot be extinguished. It can't be altered. It can't be scaled back to a really long life. You have eternal life. Nothing can change it. Those who have it will never perish. You are secure in your relationship with him. And then Jesus says of those who belong to him, no one can snatch them out of my hand. Now, snatch is a word that denotes force. Somebody's trying to get them out of his hand. But he says nobody's going to be able to do it. They're going to try. They're going to try hard. but They're not going to be able to do it. If you belong to Christ, you're in his hand, and his hand is an almighty hand. It is the hand that created the world. It is the hand that sustains the world. And it is his hand that keeps you secure. You see, Jesus doesn't want you questioning your status with him. 
He doesn't want you insecure in your relationship with him. He doesn't want you to be like the employee who is always kept off balance by their employer's erratic behavior toward them. Anybody ever had an employer like that? Ben, don't raise your hand. Anybody else ever had an employer like that? He doesn't, he doesn't want it to be like that. He doesn't want you to be like the wife or husband who is always made to feel insecure by their spouse. He doesn't want you to be like the friend who is always worried about the status of the friendship because, because their friend is just so erratic in the relationship. He doesn't want you feeling like you're walking on eggshells with him. And so he speaks very plainly and tells those who belong to him that he has given you eternal life. It is yours. He knows you. You're in a relationship. You can count on him being there for you. He tells you that nothing, not even the devil himself, can snatch you out of his hand. I think there are Christians here today who, because of bad teaching or neglecting time with God or because of Satan's efforts to bring condemnation on you, you have lived for years feeling insecure in your relationship with Jesus. Today, Jesus speaks to you from John 10, and he says this to you, let me assure you, you are secure in your relationship with me. Jesus is like the spouse who pulls an insecure husband or wife close, takes their face in their hands, says, look at me, I'm telling you the truth now. I love you. I'm here for you. You can count on me. I'm not going anywhere. I'm going to be right here with you for the long haul. You can trust me what Jesus is like. It's what he's saying to us today. I believe that's what he's saying to you. I pray that if you've been troubled by insecurity in your relationship with Christ, that today the Holy Spirit will bring these words of Jesus alive to you. That you will really hear him, that you'll really believe him, and that you'll find assurance and security in your relationship with him. That is the kind of relationship that results in spiritual growth, and it's the kind of relationship that Jesus wants to have with you and that he assures you you do have with him if you'll just begin to walk in that reality. Verse 29, he says, My Father who has given them to me is greater than all. No one can snatch them out of my Father's hand. I and the Father are one. What great assurances found in this single verse. If you belong to Christ, Jesus says that God the Father has given you to him. And that he is greater than all. And then he says that no one can snatch you out of the Father's hands. And then he makes this clear and great declaration, I and the Father are one. And we see in this statement the great majesty of the Godhead. I and the Father implying more than one person in the Godhead, but are one, making it clear that God is one being. There is only one God. 
But here's what I want to emphasize from verse 29. The one whose hand you're in is greater than all. Greater than all. You're in the hand of Christ. You're in the Father's hand. The Father and the Son are one. You are as safe and secure as you can possibly be if you belong to Jesus because you are in the hand of the one who is greater than all. He's greater than the false teaching that's made you feel insecure. He's greater than that. He's greater than the neglect that you've given the relationship with him. He's greater than the temptation that confronts you or that you've given in to. He's greater than your insecurity about the relationship. He is greater than the condemning voice of Satan. He is greater than your sin. He is greater than all the enemies of your soul. He is greater than the combined forces of heaven and hell. He's greater than all of that. If you belong to him, if you've heard his voice and followed him, you're known by him because of your genuine faith in him. If all of these things are true, you are in the hand of the one who is greater than all. You are safe. You are secure. Jesus speaks to you from John 10, and he offers this wonderful assurance of how secure you are in him. We can trust him. We can give ourselves fully to him, knowing that he is committed to work with us through all of our ups and downs. He's committed to us when we take two steps forward and one step back. He is committed to us even when we fail him. Are you thankful for that reality today? Do we have any hope if that's not the reality? Receive this assurance from the words of Jesus today. You are safe and secure in your relationship with him. You don't have to live in fear. You don't have to live in insecurity. You are in his hand and nothing can snatch you out of his hand. If you're here today and you don't belong to him, you've heard me say clearly that these assurances don't apply if you don't belong to him You don't have to stay in that condition today. You can belong to him by simply turning to him in faith. And I pray you'll do that today. Why don't we stand?